All right, everyone, welcome in to the morning refresh. Let's go ahead and get things started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and thank you for being here today, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we're able to be here. We don't take it lightly that we have our, our faculties about us, Lord, our health, our minds. Father, thank you. I pray for those that aren't able to be here, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we claim by your stripes we are healed, and we thank you for that promise, and we hold true to it with all faith, Father that your words are true and, and they're not lies. Thank you, Lord. Bless this sermon, Lord, the words that you've given this vessel. Let it be according to your way and your will, Father. I surrender myself to you. My words be your words. My thoughts be your thoughts. Let nothing of Sonia come forth, but only of Jesus, only of God, only of your word, your truth be, be said here today. I pray, Father, that every facet of this services, these services today will be to glory and honor you. Let the strongholds be broken and the chains be broken, Father Jesus, as the truth goes forth. Give us the strength and, and the wisdom to walk into the word of God that you have for us this day. Enemy of ours, we take notice that you are not allowed here. In the name of Jesus, you must flee. You shall not return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, last week we talked about being a lighthouse for God. And this week, God given me something, he's given me something that really kind of goes along with it, but it's a, it's a word for you to walk. If you want to call it anything, walk is the name. We are to learn to walk in the Spirit as children of God and too many times we are stuck in our situations we're stuck in in areas in our lives and we can't seem to walk get up and walk and we are not called to that that is not our destiny as children of God as children of light we are called to much greater things and not just the people who stand on the podium and those who sing and play instruments. Each and every one of us are called to do something for the kingdom of God. Just your Christian walk requires you to be able to walk. To walk. And I got to thinking about that last night, early this morning. I was thinking about this message. and um, Everybody has a walk, don't they? In the physical sense. We all have a certain walk. Brother Kenneth, you can tell he's been in the military. He walks with this strength, this rigidness, this, you know, assertiveness. You know, he walks uh, as a man who knows his death, his purpose, and he is in tune to doing that. Um, Sister Sherry, she walks um, softly, but uh, you can tell she walks with wisdom because she's, she's calculating every step. And every thought, every word, she walks differently. And I got to thinking about my husband when I met him when I was a teenager. He walked differently than the men and the boys that I grew up with. And that's what I was so attracted to him because he was a smooth operator. <laughs> he had just, he had just walk. <laughs> and that was not like anything I'd ever seen, you know. Uh, you know, all the brothers here have a walk. So <laughs> everybody has a walk. And, you know, but it wasn't just the way he walked physically. It was his morality, his character. It was the walk of life that he led within himself that drew me to, me, to him. He had morals, first of all. He loved his mother and he loved God. He had character. 
he wasn't easy to lead astray. And trust me, I tried many times to lead him astray. <laughs> sometimes I succeeded. Sometimes I didn't. But uh, he had um, he had an inside walk. He had a walk in a spirit that was very attractive. And that's why a lot of men and women are attracted to men and women of God. Because you have something within you that they see and, and li- a lack. That's why uh, you have to walk circumspectly. <laughs> because, you know, they don't understand it as even as some cr- baby Christians don't understand why they're so attracted to the pastors and, and, you know, the men and women of God is because there is this, there is this walk that they live their lives that is so holy and attractive, righteous to us as human beings that it's easy, you know, for them to be attracted in a physical sense. So you have to be very careful of open yourselves up to that kind of, uh, that kind of fall. But um, I don't want to talk about that today. I want to talk about walk. Just walk. We're not going to run yet. We're just going to walk. So Galatians 5 and 25, there's a couple of scriptures there. Um, this chapter, if you look at it in the New King, in the King James, it says commands in commands the new life. It talks about standing in the liberty with which you, God Christ has made us free, and not being entangled again with the yoke of bondage, and that's what we deal with as risen uh, children of God. We are risen from the dead. Romans 5 chapter talks about being risen from the dead. We are brought from the dead. We are brought out of darkness into the light. But let me tell you, we're still wearing our grave clothes. (laughs) We still have some of that stuff hanging on. You know, we still kind of smell good with that abomin fluid. You know, the same smeared all over us to make us think we don't stink. But we're living this everyday life, and we've got to learn to walk. To walk. So... Uh, The whole chapter is great. It talks about, you know, suffering for Christ, the freedom that we have. And then if you get down to verse 16, it says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's a simple formula. Walk in the Spirit. And notice Spirit is capitalized. That means the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit that dwells within you. It says, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. It's a constant battle of what your self-centered old flesh wants and what the spirit knows is best. So don't be, you know, surprised when you deal with that. It says, um, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You, it's a constant battle. You're wanting to do what you used to do, what what felt good, what was familiar to you, but the Spirit is drawing you into something new. It says, but if you be led of the Spirit, notice, if you be led, He's not going to drag you. He's not going to chain you up and, and, and pull you. But if you will yield yourself to the Spirit, it says, you are not under the law, and now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And it goes into a list, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lividness, outerly, uh, um, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedation, heresy, envying, 
murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such things of the which I told you before, as I have also told you in the time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Period. Period. Shall not. Not maybe. Possibly. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't care how much church you do. I don't care how much Bible you read. Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Shall not. But it says... But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against us there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. How's your walk? Just, just compare that list. Most of that don't even go into <laughs> some of the other stuff that we deal with. Shame. Um, things of that nature. The, you know, the inside stuff that we, it all starts in the inside somewhere. And it manifests on the outside. So, when you look at these scriptures, walk is in, this, in, the, um, in the Hebrew or the, uh, the Greek, as it was originally written. Walk is being ruled are directed by the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5 and 16, walk means to actually behave and conduct ourselves to regulate our lives. Regulate means just to govern or direct according to a rule. Regulate yourself. So you're thinking, that, right? how am I going to do that? Well, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, right? saved child of God you do the Holy Spirit dwells within you the Spirit of God second Peter 1 if you'll turn there with me and I want to read this in the New Living Translations because I think it it helps me understand it really well <laughs> um, one that we're going to read one through nine maybe it says this letter is from Simon Peter a slave and apostle of Jesus Christ as a word we don't like to associate with God do we I don't want to be a slave to anyone. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand that, uh-uh. No, uh-uh. I lived under the rule. I, I'm not going to be a slave to anyone. But you're going to be a slave to somebody, either the enemy or God. You think you're out here doing what you want to do. But do you remember the day in your life when you realized you can't stop doing what you thought you freely chose? Slave. I remember that day. I remember that day. I'm writing to you who share the same precious faith we have. This faith was given to you because of the justice and fairness of Jesus Christ, our God and Savior. May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. There is your everyday task growing, growing. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life did he leave anything out nope you just have some of it nope maybe a portion if you're good nope everything he gave us everything we need for living a godly life we have received all of this by coming to know him 
the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence, by coming to know him. That's how you grow. That's how you prosper. That's how you learn that you are victorious, is coming to know Jesus. Not just as Savior, but as Lord. Every day, study the word. Get in the word. Listen to your pastors. Listen to those. Be here when the doors are open, because I'm telling you, you're going to be fed. You're going to get something that you need every time. I've been in this walk my whole life, and I tell you, on Wednesday night, I still sit here and get something that I need every time. Sometimes it's just a word that sticks with me, and God's like, I keep, and I've learned, when that word sticks with me, that I need to do a little studying on that word. What does that, where else does that show up in the Bible? What does that, what is that talking about? I look at different versions of the Bible to, under, to have a complete understanding of what that means. And I can tell you, you're feasting on something. Even if it's just one word. It says, and because of his glory and excellence, not because of mine, not because who I am, not because I have that great job, not because I have all this money, not because I don't have all this money, because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. In view of all this, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellency. Making right choices according to the word of God. And then moral excellency with knowledge. Attain, study, learn all you can with self-control and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly love, and brotherly love with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, the more productive and useful you will be in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But those who fail to develop in these, this way are short-sighted or blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their old sins. How's your walk? How's your walk? Isn't that amazing? He gave us everything we need. All we need to do is grow in the knowledge of, of Jesus. Grow in your faith. Grow in your moral decisions. Sometimes you'll make good ones and sometimes you won't. The important part is when you fail, get back up, Christian. Get it under the blood. of Walk boldly into the throne room of God because you are a child of God. Don't let the enemy beat you down. We all make mistakes. It's just keeping it covered under the blood and making sure we don't become stagnant. Walking means you're going forward. Walking means you're not standing still. Do you know what happens to the body when you stand still and don't, and don't move? Everything becomes weak. The systems don't work. The bones get brittle. The muscles deteriorate. It's the same thing spiritually. If you don't grow, you're dying. You're dying. I loved, Pastor talked about briefly, mentioned this um, Abraham on Wednesday night and I tried to find the sermon that I preached on him and I couldn't find it to save my life but Genesis 22 
And this is a great example of someone who has a walk with God, but the walk actually shows up on the outside. That means he's living with the Spirit, walking with the Spirit, as the Bible says. And they didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit at that time. So it was counted righteousness. His faith was accounted righteousness, according to Hebrews 11. It says, and we all know the stories, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, uh, Behold, here I am. Uh, and, and he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, where, whom thou love, and get thee into the land of Mo, uh, Mohera, and offer him there for a burnt offering unto one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Abraham didn't. He just knew where a general direction where he was going. But God had instructed him something. He had instructed him something very hard. This was his promise that he waited 90, 100 years to get. And God's telling him to go and sacrifice him. Let me tell you in your walk, Christian, be careful about putting things above God. Because those are the things you're going to have to learn to sacrifice. And Abraham rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of the young men with him. He got up. He got up. Could you imagine laying there all night thinking about what God has just asked you to do? Some of us feel that way when he just asked us to get up and testify. <laughs> he's, he's about to take the, the one thing that he promised that he would and make great for his nation. And he's asking him to sacrifice him. <laughs> But Abraham got up, and he went. And said he took two men with him, and Isaac his son, and, and the clave, the wood for the burning offering, and rose up and went up into the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, spoiler alert, it's a resurrection right there. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto the young men, Abide ye here with ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Faith. He says, why would he give me the greatest thing in the world, the thing that he promised me, and not and take it away from me? I know I've been serving this God for too long. I've seen how many good things that he has done for me. There's right there's another place where we tend to fall. Some of us get up right up to the mountain and we can't, we can't go through with it because we're fearful. The enemy creeps in with fear. And said, Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went up together. Isaac spoke into his father and said, You know, we have the fire and we have the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for burnt offerings so that they both went up together. Abraham still walking this out, this hardest thing that God has ever asked him to do. He says he's still going to provide. How often do we lose that sight? We are struggling in our issues and struggling with whatever is going on or maybe what God has asked us to do, and we still can't see with God's eyes. That he is a provider. I can look back over my life and remember all the things that he'd done to provide for me to get to this point. And for some reason, in that one moment, 
I can't see past my two feet. I can't remember anything God had done. And so they placed everything on the altar and they even tied the lad up and bound him and put him on the altar and Abraham brawls back the knife and the angel of the Lord speaks. And Abraham says, here am I. And he says, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son from me. Do you know how fearful it is to get in front of people? I've had dreams where I've walked on stages and didn't have anything prepared. Oh my gosh, I call those nightmares. (laughs) But I think... It's something that's coming. And God is trying to teach me not to be fearful. Not to fear anything but Him. Because I don't want to disappoint Him. I don't want to lose my part in what's coming. I want to honor Him in every aspect of my life. I don't want to be standing and sitting when I should be walking. Abraham exhibits a life that is obedient to God. He's walking in the Spirit. God took me to John 5. And this is the message for today. This is what he wanted me to tell you, to tell us. And it's amazing when you read the story of John 5 there is a man by the sheep gate sheep market by the pool of Bethesda Bethesda is the house of mercy the place of flowing water and he's laid there most of his life with the wine the halt to the wiltered uh, the wildered wildered wiltered those people that were you know impotent folks it says for the angel to come down and stir the pool so that he could get in and be the first to be healed, but he had to be the first one in the water according to this custom. And he'd been laying there in his infirmity for 38 years. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And it says in verse 6, And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in this case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? You've got to want to be made whole. You've got to want to walk. You've got to want to do. I know it's scary. I know it's frightening. I know it's exciting in the beginning, and then the reality sets in, and it scares you to death what God is wanting you to do. And the man says, you know, sir, I've been here, and when the water is troubled, I have no one to help me get into the pool. And Jesus simply said, rise, take up thy bed, and walk. Many of us sitting here today, and those under the sound of my voice, he's calling you to rise and take up your bed and walk. He doesn't ask you to run. He said, just get up. Pull up what you've been laying on because you ain't coming back. And take that step and walk with me. Walk with me. Follow my lead. I've got just the good for you. 
I want the best for you. I know sometimes it seems like it, it's impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Take up your bed. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And I want you to know later in chapter 4, uh, chapter, uh, verse 14, it says, Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon thee. Ooh. A lot of scholars have different ideas about the meaning of it, but I know two things. I know in Ephesians 5 and 8, it says, You were once darkness, but now you are a light in the Lord, so walk as children of the light. The enemy would like nothing to bring you back into darkness. And I also know John 10 and 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And I have come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. Today, he's calling. Rise. Take up your bed because you ain't going back. There's nothing good for you there anymore. He's calling you higher. He's calling you higher. And walk. Just take the step. Just take the step. And all my years of being in church and of being around church people and of being a pastor's daughter, a preacher's kid, it was a fearful thing to take that step. I actually fought it for years. I ran from God. So I know what I'm talking about. I stayed on my bed in my infirmity because it was familiar to me. Because I didn't want anything else. The day came when God said, rise, take up your bed and walk. I couldn't sit anymore. I couldn't sit anymore. The call today is to rise, take up your bed, and just walk. He's given you everything you need to do it. He'll make a way when there seems no way. Try him and see. Try and taste, the Bible says, and see that the Lord is good. I implore you today to rise, take up your bed, and walk. The harvest is great. The pouring out of the Holy Spirit is coming upon all flesh. Are you going to be in? Are you going to be walking with him? Are you going to be on your mat? The choice is yours. Father, we thank you and praise you for this word today. Thank you for your calling us out, Lord Jesus. Thank you for the calling of the Holy Spirit, that the call is higher than what we are, that we are tired of being in what we have been, Father. There has got to be something better. Too many times we've said that to ourselves. There's got to be something better. And you keep calling, rise, take up your bed and walk. Walk with me. Walk with me. We thank you, Lord, that your holy word says and gives us so much, gives us the pattern for our lives and shows us the example of those who have done great things because they walked with you. Help us, Lord Jesus, that this word would come back to us at the right appointed time, Holy Spirit, and God, it won't come back void. Let us be the men and women of God that we are called to be. In Jesus' name. Amen.